Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks, welcome to the new podcast. We're going to talk about stay and come when called in this podcast. And we're going to start out with stay. To me, stay should be taught to be used in the real world. Whereas a lot of trainers and a lot of classes teach stay the obedience way. Basically where you tell the dog to stay, you back away a few feet, and then you call the dog to you. Or... You tell your dog to stay, turn around and walk away, five, ten steps, turn around, call the dog to you. Well, when you do that, you're basically just teaching the dog situational stays, and at the same time, you're teaching the dog that you must be engaged with him in order for the stay to apply. And for us, we want the dog to learn that stay means I need you to stay in whatever spot you are in, and you need to stay there regardless of my behavior, regardless if I'm in sight, if I'm looking at you, if other dogs walk by or people walk by, whatever the case may be. I want the dog to learn that staying means stay in that spot, not based on human behavior. It should not matter what the human is doing. Sometimes a stay is going to be used where the human doesn't move and the stay is just the dog laying next to you. Maybe the stay is, you know, stay right there while I go clean up your poop so that you're not pulling me on the leash. So stay for us is all about a position um, or a spot, I should say. It's not a body position. So if I ask the dog to sit and then ask for a stay, I don't care if the dog gets tired and decides he wants to lay down or wants to stand up or wants to roll on his back. As long as that dog stays 
in that little circle that I give them, then I'm good. And then I want to make sure that I release the dog appropriately and letting the dog know that the stay is over. The way you don't want to use stay is stay at the door. Don't run out the door because a lot of times people don't release the dog. Or for them, stay just means stay in the hallway or stay in the foyer. Don't run out the front door or stay in the car um, where the dog is bouncing back and forth from the front seat, the back seat, the cargo area, but the dog's not really in a, in a stay. So we want to be careful that we're using the correct terminology so that the dog understands we want. So, you know, if I'm going and leaving the house, I'm not going to tell my dogs, all right, you stay here because saying stay inside the home where the dog has free roam of the house, that's not teaching the dog to stay in a spot. So the stay is basically stay in the spot I put you in and wait until I release you. Now, our release needs to be a release word right now. And we use okay as the release word. We don't want to use the come command as the release word because then the dog will learn that coming to you is what gets the reward and they'll start breaking the stay more often. So you want to make sure that you give the stay, you give the release command, and then if we need to call the dog to us, we can, but we'll get into that later. Right now, we're going to start with the stay and the release. Now, when we teach the stay, um, I will put the dog in a sit first just because stay is a non-action-based behavior, whereas most other behaviors that we teach, it's action-based. Sit is action-based. The butt goes to the floor. Down, action-based. Belly goes to floor. Stay is literally do nothing. And I want the dog to know that we are doing something by doing nothing. So what you'll do is you'll start out asking your dog to sit. You may reward your dog for sitting the first time. You'll ask the dog to stay and then you will glance away from the dog. You will then release the dog almost immediately with an okay, and you will toss the treat away from the dog and have the dog go get it. That way the dog is understanding that okay means that he can move. By helping him understand that he can move, it will help him to learn that doing nothing is what you're wanting. So again, you'll put your dog in a sit, ask the dog to stay, and then you'll look away, and then release. At this point, you're not moving at all, okay? You're just not staring at the dog. Throw the toss, toss the treat, let him go get it, do it again. The next time you do stay, you might say stay and turn your body slightly while you look away and then release. And each time, you may change up how you're doing it. And you're going to make sure that you're not predictable with your release. In other words, you don't want to always look at the dog right before you release. And as we start moving around, you don't want to always walk back to the dog before you release. You don't always want to face the dog before you release. You really don't want to be predictable on your release. You want the dog to understand that there's a word to it, not your body posture. So you will just change up with your stays. You'll ask the dog to sit, stay. And then maybe turn all the way around with your back facing and then release. And you'll just slowly start doing this with a little more time, maybe a little more distance, uh, maybe a step away. As you're stepping away, release the dog. Sometimes if you don't have somebody there, it's best to try to find um, maybe a mirror in the house where as you're turning away from the dog, you can see if the dog is still there. 
Now, when the dog breaks the stay, because your dog will break the stay, you will just quietly and calmly take the dog back to where you originally asked for the stay. You will ask the dog to sit. He will not get a reward for that sit. You'll ask for the stay and you'll repeat what you were doing. Turn away, walk away, whatever it is that you're doing. You don't want to make it too hard in the beginning because like I said, the dog is used to doing things in order to earn a reward where this is just about doing nothing. So, you know, you don't want to go too slow because it'll be very boring, but you also don't want to get to where you've asked the dog to stay twice with you standing there but not looking at him and then try to walk 10 feet away. That's not going to work. So just make sure that you do it in small steps um, and just, you know, like I said, be unpredictable in when you're going to release. Because even when I get to the point where I ask a dog to stay for maybe, you know, 10, 15 seconds, uh, I will still do a couple of stays where the dog is only staying for two seconds. Um, and then sometimes I'll do stay where I'm just standing there. I'm not actually going anywhere. It's just teaching the dog that stay is stay in that spot. But always when you release, have the dog move to get the treat. In the beginning, as you release, you'll need to toss the treat so the dog understands that he can move. As you progress, your dog will actually start running to you after the release. And that is where we're going to start putting in our come command. But right now, don't start doing that. You're always going to release the stay with your release word, okay, and that's it. And then afterwards, if the dog is released and we need him to come, or he's already coming, we can use our come command. But don't jump to that yet. People try to rush this, and you don't want to rush it. Now, stay is something that you can practice anywhere, at any time. In the house, out in the backyard, sometimes you can just do a couple of quick stays. Um, you don't have to spend 30 minutes working on stay. That's boring, and nobody wants to do that. These are just very short exercises that you can do and you need to do it in different places for different amount of times with your body in different positions. Maybe you're sitting on the couch and you want your dog to lay next to you. Maybe, you know, on the floor, you tell him to lay down and stay and you watch a commercial and then you release the dog. Okay, but the rules are this. Do not repeat your command. Do not stop the dog from getting up and breaking the command. Just go put him back. Do not keep eye contact with your dog. You're welcome to glance at your dog and look at your dog, and you're welcome to tell them how good they are. Do not use good boy or good girl as the release word. You need to come up with a clear release word. Free, okay, or release. It's up to you, whatever comes easier. We just use okay. That's just something that's natural for us. So you need to make sure that you don't repeat the command don't, if you're going to use a hand signal, say the command first, then hold up your hand signal, and then drop your hand signal and teach the behavior. Don't keep the hand up. Don't repeat the dog's name 14 times to get them to look at you before you say stay. They can, they can hear you. They don't have to look at you. Okay, so if I say bandit, sit, stay. Okay, good girl. That's a good girl. Good stay. Good job. Bandit, sit, good girl, stay, good girl, okay, good girl, All right, so the okay is just saying, yep, you're doing what I want, and then releasing with the okay, so just again, 
<laughs> don't be repeating the commands. Don't stare at your dog. And also, when your dog breaks it and you put the dog back, you want to make sure you put them back as close to the original spot as possible. You don't want them moving any closer to where you are. And this is mostly in, when you start uh, advancing the stays with your distance um, and time. So uh, make sure that you are putting the dog back pretty much as close as possible and just asking for it. And if your dog breaks it several times while you're teaching, then just do a, a couple of quick ones to get some success. It could be that you just try to go a little too long, maybe a little too far. Every dog's a little different. Um, you gauge it and just change it up. I'm not one to where I will start at two feet for five seconds and then two feet for 10 seconds and then two feet for 14 seconds, and then I'm going to go to three feet for five seconds. No, I just change it up. I just get, you know, whatever I'm doing, I just do it. I just want to make sure that the dog has success while the dog is learning, and then as the dog learns, then we can put consequences into play. And once the dog understands what stay means, and you are able to go for, you know, maybe even out of sight, uh, then your dog is ready for some consequences. Now, if you've not worked out of sight stays, then you can't put those consequences in. But if your dog is doing really well um, and then they just are having a bad day after they break it three times, then you'll do a 30-second timeout somewhere. And then after that, you'll come right back out, put them in the exact same spot, and you'll do it again. And you'll repeat that. And then you'll go to two strikes and you're out. So, you know, don't freak out when your dog's breaking it. The dog has to figure that... You know, in every situation, no matter what you're doing, you're wanting the dog to stay in that spot. And it may be that you work up to where you tell the dog to stay and you go and throw some trash away or you go and pet another dog or you go and talk to someone. You know what? Use it in the real world. Uh, do not use it at doors to keep the dog from running out the door unless you plan on keeping that dog in the spot. Um, but don't forget to release. But you do want to use it in the real world. Now... With your come when called. Now, a lot of dogs are already doing this. They do it a lot in the house. They'll do it to you in the yard. We just want to make sure that we take advantage of those moments and acknowledge the dog for doing that behavior. You need to let them know that they're being really good and that good things happen when they come and check in with you. You don't want to just call the dog whenever you need them to come in or you need them to do something. You just need to learn to periodically call your dog and teach them that coming to you is a fun game. Now, understanding, one, what commands you're going to use is very important. You can use come, you can use here, you can use come here. But if you're going to use come, then you need to make sure that you're not using come on as the command for walk with me or come into this room or just come along. Come is basically telling the dog, what I need you to do is I need you to come all the way to me I need to be able to, to put my hands on your body and you don't leave until I give you permission, which would be the release word, okay, or maybe there's another command to where I'm hooking the dog up and now we're walking, so I do, let's go. So first we need to know what behavior we're expecting with the word that we're using. So we're going to use come as our come command. What I want to see the dog do is come all the way to me allow me to get my hand on him, and then wait until I release him. 
This is super important because so many times people get mad at the dog for not coming when in fact it's the humans that are not following through or being very clear with what they expect when they use the command. Come is, a, is as easy to teach as sit if you do it right. It's just teaching the dog that come isn't just during training. It isn't just during um, ending something fun like calling the dog at the dog park or calling them in from outside or calling them to go give them a bath or calling them to give them, you know, their flea meds. You've got to learn that to just periodically calling your dog to you and teaching them that coming to you is a good thing. So to start out with come, uh, you can easily just start it in the house and anytime your dog is walking towards you, good puppy, oh, what a good boy you are. That's a good boy. Love on him, give him a treat, whatever the case may be. You're not even giving the command right there. You're teaching him that that behavior is something that you would like to see repeated. So really it's about capturing that behavior to start with. To teach the behavior specifically, I recommend using a 30-foot leash. And so you'll take the 30-foot leash and you will start out just in your backyard is fine or your front yard, doesn't matter. You'll get some really yummy treats. Have yourself a treat bag so that the treats are in a bag and not in your hand. You will call the dog's name and call them to you and make it fun, right? You don't want to just do bandit, come, because the dog's not going to come to you. It may start out with bandit, papa, come on, papa. Oh, see, I was just doing come, and my puppy literally just knocked the door open to come in here and say hi to me. Good girl, Isabella. Very good girl. And now mama's got to come get her. Good girl. Okay, good girl. Because she heard me calling her because we've taught her that coming is a, is a big, fun thing for her. She's a big party dog, and she really likes to come. Um, and she's only four months old. So... You know, when you make it a positive thing, it's as easy to teach as anything else. So I'm out in the backyard with the long leash. I bandit, come. And then if I'm excited enough, bandit should start coming on her own. And the second that she takes one step towards me, I am praising like crazy. And then when she gets to me, I am touching her and petting on her as I reach for my treat. Then I give the treat love a little bit more, and then I say, okay, which releases the dog. Now, if the dog does not come when called, of course, like I said, right now we're just teaching the word with the behavior, then you'll use the leash to gently reel the dog towards you until the dog starts running on its own. What you're looking for is for the dog to make any movement in your direction. Do not, and I repeat, do not wait until the dog is all the way to you before you acknowledge its behavior. The behavior of calm is the actual movement to you. The finished product is being in front of you or just with you. If you wait until you get the perfect behavior, the ending of the behavior, you're never going to get there. So you need to start with acknowledging your dog for taking one step towards you um, and really teaching the dog that coming in your direction is what you're going for. Now, there may be times that you'll have to reel the dog all the way in, and that's fine in the beginning. Um, as the dog gets better, we will expect more. It, there are several steps to this, but um, as long as you start acknowledging that behavior in the beginning that coming to you is a fun thing, and you get to come to me, get a treat, and you get to go back out and play or sniff, then the dog's going to be more willing to come to you. You cannot just practice this 
when you need it. You have to get out and practice it on a regular basis. The other mistake people make is they will call their dog to them and then ask the dog to sit and then reward the dog. And when you do that, you're rewarding the dog for sitting. You've totally missed the come when called. So be sure that you're acknowledging all that behavior of coming towards you on a regular basis. And using that 30-foot leash really helps and makes a difference. Now, at some point, your dog's going to be like, yeah, I'm on leash. I know what this, this game is. I'm supposed to come to you. And, and the dog does great when on the leash. And then when you get the dog off leash, he kind of gives you the middle finger and moves on. So what I like to do is after I've worked it on leash quite a bit, and then I've done some off leash in the house, then I like to go in the backyard, um, let my dog go sniff, do whatever it's doing, walk close to it, maybe get within three or four feet, call the dog to me, get a very quick reward, and then send the dog right back out. So you notice what I'm not doing is trying to go 30, 40, 50 feet away and call the dog off leash. I'm starting right just where the dog has to do very little to get rewarded, but the dog still has to come towards me. And it's just taking those steps and really working it and capturing it when the dog is doing it on its own. And your dog may be a party dog. If your dog is a party dog, you need to throw a party to get that dog to come. So I may start out, if my dog doesn't know the come command at all, I'll start out just throwing a party. Where is that pup pup? Oh, is it like pup 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 pup? And I'll clap my hands. What a good puppy. And then as the puppy's coming, come. Good puppy, good come. And so basically I'm just throwing a party and enticing the dog to come so I don't have to, to reel in with the leash. If I can not use the leash to reel the dog in, then I'm, I'm way ahead of the game. There are going to be times that you will need to do that. But overall, if I don't have to use it, I'm just going to throw a party. Don't just be a party pooper and it's bandit come. And when your dog doesn't come, you get deeper or louder. Because trust me, the louder you get, the scarier you get the more your dog is going to ignore you because they're going to avoid confrontation and conflict. You may need to go back and listen to that podcast about dog communication. They're not trying to be stubborn. Now, yes, there are moments when you're throwing a party and sorry, that smell is, you know, of those leaves are just more important than you. And at that point, if I don't have a way to follow through with the leash, then I'm going to start decreasing my distance four or five steps at a time and continuing to throw that party. And I'll continue that until if I have to go all the way to get the dog, I'll still get the dog by the collar and go, well, that's a good puppy. I may not throw as big of a party, but that's a good puppy. And I may bring the dog over to where I originally called, love for a second, and then release the dog. Because you don't want to get mad, stomp over, and grab your dog for not coming. Because then in their mind, they're like, yep, I made a good choice by not going over there because this would have just happened sooner. Next time, I'll learn to run a little bit faster when they get close and dodge them. So you can see a lot of mistakes that people make. They have these expectations without actually teaching the behavior. So never punish your dog for coming to you. Never punish your dog for not coming in a way that's scary and harsh. Now, yes, I do put consequences in once the dog understands that if I ask you to come a couple of times and you don't, and I have to get all the way there, and I know you know it, and that means that you're doing it 80% of the time or more, then I will go get you and you'll get a 30-second timeout somewhere. Okay, so, but it's got to be 80%, at least 80% of the time the dog comes when I call him. Only then can the consequences um, be put into play. Otherwise, you're going to frustrate the dog and frustrate yourself. 
Now you'll want to use some yummy treats with this. Don't think that you can get away with just your love because guess what? You give your love away for free when you're sitting in the house watching TV. So the dog's like, mm, I can get this later while we're watching TV. I, this is a new rabbit smell over here. So you'll want to definitely use your um, treats for that. Now, for those of you that have dogs that love to fetch, you have a huge advantage. If your dog is good at fetching and bringing the, the toy back to you, we'll just use a ball for that, and is good at bringing the ball back to you, then what I want you to do is I want you to get two tennis balls or two chuck it balls, whatever you're using. You're going to throw the one ball. The dog is going to start coming back with it. And as the dog is running back, you're going to say, come. The dog gets to you. I want you to make sure you touch the dog. Good puppy. And if they have a drop it or release, you know, or you can just get the ball and take it from them. And then immediately throw the second one. Now, this is for dogs that really like to fetch the ball, not just carry the ball around. But if you have a dog who's going to get something and bringing it back, they're doing the come right there. So start associating that word with the behavior, and you can use the ball for the reward. It just needs to be fast. Don't call the dog as the dog's running back. Say, come. Dog gets there. Now you're like, sit, drop it. Nope, drop it, drop it, sit, drop it, and then throw in the ball. Right? So I want you to reward the come. Not the sit, not the drop it. Okay, and if your dog doesn't have a good drop it, we definitely need to teach that, which we'll talk about in a mini podcast um, very soon. But it's, you know, taking advantage of acknowledging your dog for coming to you on a regular basis. You know, right before you go to feed them, um, if they know the sound of you opening a certain cabinet, go open that cabinet, say come, and reward the dog for coming. Or say, come, and then open the cabinet. Reward the dog for coming. So it's just teaching the dog that coming to you, there's a lot of good things that happen, a lot of things that take place with that. Now, once you've practiced your stay and your come separately, okay, this is real important. You practice this separately. You can start to use the come to continue associating the word with the behavior while teaching stay. And the way we do this, we ask the dog to sit, stay. We walk away. We, when we release the dog, we say, okay. And at that point, the dog understands that there's a treat involved. So they're, they're going to start running towards you. So when the dog is starting to understand that okay means release and they start running towards you, as they're running towards you, guess what? You can use come. Dog's there. You get them by the collar or just petting on them and loving on them, you get your treat out of your pouch, reward, and then, okay, release again. So that way, you know they're already coming to you. So anytime you know they're coming to you, go ahead and use the word and acknowledge good behavior. And always throw a party and make it a big deal that coming to you is the best thing in the world. Don't just use that come when you're going to put them up at night or put them in the crate or give them a bath or punish them for doing something wrong. Uh, don't ever do that, okay, because dogs will absolutely avoid you. And I can really tell the people that have relationships with their dog in a way that's more positive than negative because the dog is quick to want to see what the owner's doing, quick to come say hi. They know and they learn that the dog, I mean, that the human is a very rewarding person and that great things happen when they're around. 
the dogs that are running from their owners, totally ignoring them, I can tell you that more than likely the owners used more aversives than anything. They don't want to be around them. And it says a whole lot. Okay, so let's say that you take your dog um, somewhere to play, maybe the dog park or something where the dog's off leash, and you need to leave. And you're afraid to call the dog to end the game. And at that point, if you don't have a good calm, you don't have a good recall, and the dog doesn't understand it, and you're still working on it, my suggestion is that you go and get the dog. So you'll just walk up to the dog, reward the dog for allowing you to walk up and hook it up on a leash. Okay, and, and uh, several times during the, you know, the time I might go up and just walk up and reward the dog and praise the dog so that it knows that not running from me is something that's positive. Um, but then I'll just go get the dog and hook him up and say, okay, let's go. And then we go. And now once a dog knows it, you can use the come command to say, all right, we're leaving the park now, so let's go. Um, but, you know, right in the beginning when you're teaching, make sure that you're not making that mistake. So get out there and practice your stay. Start it in the house. You should be able to start it off leash. And then once you're outside, if you have established a good stay in the house, you should be able to do a couple of short ones outside without using a leash. I try not to use one if I don't have to. Um, there are times that I may have to, and that's fine. Um, obviously, if I'm out in public and I need to do a stay, I'm going to use a leash with that. And I may not go very far from the dog. I may walk a few steps, I may still hold the leash, I may drop the leash, depends on how good my dog is and how safe the environment is. So be smart about that. And then work on your recall separately. I wouldn't spend 20 minutes working on recall. I would maybe play a little bit, call the dog to you. Reward the dog, send the dog back out to play. Play a little bit, call the dog to you, right? And then I might call the dog to me after releasing it, after he's walked three steps, call him again. And that's where I'm getting that turn on a dime type of recall. But there are, there's definitely some steps. You can check out our website, dogspeak101.com. We do have videos on there. And we're actually on there talking about the calm command um, and how to work that with the long leash. And I definitely, you know, if you need to, to see it in action, you need to go watch those videos and watch them over and over and over again. And listen to the podcast as much as you need. Uh, these are important commands to have. Make sure you're teaching that stay for the real world. And, and when I say real world, um, I had a client use the stay in a situation where she was hiking with her dog. And when she came out off the trail, there was a guy sitting there who had had a bike wreck. And when she went up to see how, she, how he was doing, she put her dog in a down stay um, many, many feet away. And ended up this guy had a head injury and she needed to call 911 as well as his wife. And about 10, 15 minutes later, the, the ambulance showed up or the fire truck showed up and she had forgotten that her dog was with her. And she looked over and her dog was um, only a couple of feet from where she originally had put the dog. But she was still in a downstay. And that's what I mean by using it in the real world. Um, it's I need you to stay while I go pick up and throw away this poop. Because um, I need to bend over and tie my shoe and I don't want you pulling me down because you see something. Or I need you to stay because I need to do whatever. Stay in the house. Stay while I have company. Stay while we're eating dinner. You know, so stay is about you stay in a spot. Does not matter what I'm doing. And wait till I release you. And then come is come all the way to me. Let me get my hand on you. I'm going to reward you and then I'm going to release you. Or I'll give you other instruction. Be consistent. Don't use come on. 
um, you know, or, or any of those when you're walking on the leash or just wanting them to go into another room. Come is always come to me so I can put my hand on you and then get released and make it a party or find whatever else your dog finds very motivating, whether it's using a tennis ball or chuck it ball or whatever for fetch or a tug toy, you know, tugging when you come. My dog loves to tug, so if she comes, a lot of times we'll tug and then I'll throw it for her. So it's really just finding what motivates a dog, which will also be another mini podcast we'll be talking about, and using that to your advantage. Uh, but, you know, treats are a great thing too, high protein value treats, limited ingredients, things that you can use just a small amount, just enough to taste for your dog so that they don't get full and they're not throwing up um, running around with all those treats in their belly. So check out the videos. Get out there and work your dog. These are important commands to have. If you have questions, feel free to send us an email. Um, but get out and practice. Listen to the other podcast and be prepared for um, our mini podcast coming out this week, which we're going to talk about kids and dogs because kids are scary. So we'll be talking about it in our mini podcast this week, uh, which it will come out on July 4th. Um, or if we just get too busy before the holiday, we may put the uh, July 4th mini podcast back up for you guys to listen to. Um, but it was just put on, I think, last week or the week before. So listen to that one if you haven't. Please share our podcast. Please let people know about us. Um, we really want to reach as many people as we can, and we really appreciate those that listen. Uh, we love you all, and we hope that we get to meet you sometime in person. We see you at a seminar. And if you have ideas on podcasts, feel free to shoot us an email and let us know. Have a great week and happy Independence Day.